Welcome back, everyone. This is another episode of Brunches and Crunches. I'm Kirsten, and we're here with Bruce today. And we're just going to do a little bit of a recap of the last few months. Uh, we've been in a really strange time. Yeah, it's been it's been a really it's been a while, and uh, a lot of things have happened. So I really want to just use this as an opportunity to catch up with you. So um, yeah, I mean we're in the middle of a pandemic and a revolution. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. It's been interesting. Um, yeah, I think after our last podcast, we actually went for ramen, and that was like just at the beginning of COVID. I remember because you were actually kind of concerned about it, and at that time, I was still, I'll say, ignorant to it because I just didn't understand the seriousness of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but pretty much right after that, everything just shut down. So, uh, yeah, do you want to tell me about your experience with? covid and then yeah you know what I mean, you how did your life change uh it changed quite drastically i think just with regards to not being able to go out as we normally do and i think that's probably you know what's occurring in a lot of places all over the world is uh, a lot of measures have been t- have put in place to uh, try and get people to social distance and to get people to stay at home um and I think the measures here have been been good thus far that have been implemented by our province, uh, the province of BC. Um, and, you know, we haven't seen as drastic numbers as you see, like, in, in America and uh, in places in China and, like, Asia and stuff like that. But I think that, um, you know, as we're now kind of in in the midst of reopening businesses, that's also kind of changing uh, perspectives as well. And it's, yeah, it's weird seeing how different people react to the news. And even at the very beginning, it was like talking to my boss about it. He was like, oh, no, it's nothing. Like, it'll just blow over. (laughs) And the next thing you know, the business is like, okay, everyone's working from home from now on. So um, yeah, a lot of big changes, company, with the company a lot of people kind of losing jobs as well so you know there it's definitely affected a lot of people in you know various ways um, and some of the people that i talk to who are in the states uh, uh you know because i do this mentoring thing on the side um to talk to them about like the design uh their design aspirations and that has also come to a halt because a lot of them have things that are going on in their personal lives that they need to deal with like right away and they have to put like everything uh on hold because these people are kind of uh in the midst of trying to make a career shift and career transition over to uh design so um yeah it's just you know some of it is very hard to talk about and very hard to like uh come to terms with the reality of like what we're living with now um but I want to hear about like what you've experienced as well uh, since the beginning of this and like, you know, how it's impacted you too. Yeah. Well, um, like, like I said before, when I had met up with you, I was kind of like your, your coworker, your boss. And I was kind of, I don't know if I was in denial, but in my mind, I was just kind of like, all right, yeah, this will blow over. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like stars blew over all these other things blew over. Uh, so I don't know if I was, I would say I wasn't taking it seriously, but I just didn't feel like I was at risk or like Mm -hmm. anything. So uh, my mom actually had came to visit like at the height of everything. Like, so she got here. Yeah, she got here and it was, 
not long after that we I decided to take her to do the chief and because they were saying like you know don't don't go into public places but I thought okay great we'll do the chief but I remember we got there and apparently everybody had the same exact idea so that it was just so busy and you were like pretty much face to face with people on the trail and I just remember having like so much anxiety like oh my god like I've really screwed up and we did the whole hike and everything and then when I got home my my partner he was so upset he's like you know the chief's been on the news like they've been freaking out saying everybody's out and I'm like oh my god and he's like you guys can't go out anymore and he was like beside himself and I was just like that's when it really triggered and I was like oh my god and then I think it was like the next day parks were closed and I was like oh my god like I can't believe it like this is really happening this is uh you know, this is a fit. This is really serious. And so my mom was here, and she had a really hard time dealing with it because she was like, "Let's go do this. Let's go mm-hmm. do that." And I'm like, "Mom, you don't understand. Like, these they're not open. We yeah. can't do this." And like, even even on the bus, like I remember she like went to go touch her face, and I like freaked out. And I'm like, "Don't touch your face. Like, you don't understand." And like, it was really like high stress energy mm-hmm. because I just I felt like I had to protect her. And I was also kind of confused about what was happening. And, yeah. you know, I didn't understand uh, the virus at the time and how it was transmitted. There was so much new information coming out. Like every week it was like, don't wear a mask, go wear a mask. Like it can be transmitted this way, airborne, no, this. And so I was just like, oh my God, nothing is safe. So my work actually did continue though. Um, mm-hmm. We we're in the food industry, so we're an essential worker. Mm-hmm. However, Uh, My partners did not. So I was lucky I was able to start driving to work because I just was so weird about the bus after that. I just did not feel safe being on the bus. Uh, So I drove for a while and I definitely found myself like falling into like that little bit of depression, like in the very beginning, because I started just to feel like, you know, I couldn't do anything. And like, I, I didn't know if life was ever going to be the same again. And it was really stressful. Um, and I had so many creative endeavors going on with some mm-hmm. acting things here and there. And that was really like giving me life back. And then mm-hmm. once this hit, I couldn't do any of it. So I felt really stripped of my identity and my, my creative yeah. um, energy. And it was just, it was really hard to, to try to go through that. But eventually I did kind of come around and just, Instead of kind of getting bitter, I decided, you know what, this is time to improve. I went out, I I got a bunch of books and I just started working on like looking inside and improving me. I started uh, running to work, like to and from work instead of driving. So now I'm good, but it was definitely a struggle in the beginning. (laughs) How long does it take for you to, to run to and from or just to? That's about 20, 20 minutes there. And then usually after work, I usually, I mean, I run sometimes, but by the, by the end of the day, I'm so tired. I usually just walk home, but it's been great. It's been keeping me in shape and mentally it's been keeping me really clear because there's just so much with the media and all this stuff. It just kind of fogs up your brain and makes you feel really down. So I try to just read and avoid watching TV if I can. Yeah, you have to kind of find ways to, outside of like the normal ways that you do things to um, alleviate stress and to kind of close close off all the things that you're kind of paying attention to. Because I think, as you mentioned, there was a lot of stuff in the media about it. And it was like constantly being bombarded with like new information. And um, 
you don't know what to do and, and there's a bit of anxiety involved with that as well and I think we wanted to chat about like the mental health aspect of things um, and the impact that it has on everyone and I mean like we're no experts uh, to talk about this stuff and uh, it's probably best if you know anyone who is listening you know is experiencing some of that stuff for them to seek the help of an expert so that would be like my first hand advice but I think that um, from personal experience I've experienced depression in the past and anxiety and stuff like that and just wanted to kind of like use this as an opportunity to kind of talk about that uh, because I think it is kind of it can be missed as something that is going on um, given that everything that's happening and you know we don't talk about how people are being affected just by staying indoors and not being able to go to the gym every day or not being able to um, to go swimming or like play sports, meet up with their friends, that has uh, an impact on you over if you're kind of just shutting yourself off or, you know, staying isolated, doing as people are recommending, you know, you can only do Zoom calls for so long until, you know, you just feel like you're going to lose it because you're just talk sitting here talking to a screen. Um, most of the time and you know I know that a lot of people are probably experiencing a lot worse you know um, with the virus and everything but I think that there's something to be said about the mental health impact that this has on uh, people as a whole and um, what we're kind of going through as um, being kind of shut in our homes in, in a sense and you know some people are uh, forced to obey curfews and, and stay indoors. And um, there was one person I knew who um, uh, I was volunteering with, and she was actually in Wuhan when it hit. So it, she couldn't come back to Canada, and she was basically staying with her family for like the last two, two or three months now. I, I think she's still there. Um, but they basically like shut everyone into their neighborhoods so they couldn't uh, go outside of their neighborhood and it's been heavily kind of uh, regulated. You can only go outside at certain times and get groceries and then go home. Like that's it. Like you can't do anything else. Um, so Yeah, I saw a lot of stuff on the news. It was like, it looks really intense over there. I feel bad for her. Like I don't know if it was the media just like going over the top, but I remember seeing like people literally getting arrested for leaving their house, being mm -hmm. forced inside. And then it showed like the guys in the hazmat suits, like spraying yeah. the streets and like, yeah. it was really intense. However, they did turn it around fairly fast, I think, mm -hmm. right? Because they did that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think the big thing with the mental health aspect is you know usually when there's a really big shift in people's lives uh like a, a job mm -hmm. or partner loss they're a little piece of their identity is lost and usually in those situations you have an opportunity to go out and get another job or go out and find something else that you can replace it with and find a new identity but in this mm -hmm. case we stripped everybody of their identity and then didn't allow them to get a new one so mm -hmm. you've got all these people at home feeling lost like they have no direction anymore and there's no end in sight so I think that was really um you know condemning for a lot of people because they just 
it's just it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, especially mm-hmm. when you're hearing things like, oh, this is going to last for two years and, oh, this may never go away and, you yeah. know, there's only going to be more coming up and stuff like that. So I think a lot of people just really felt like, you know, they couldn't see the end. So mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. I just tried to just take it day by day and try to stay as possible, uh, as positive as uh, I could and yeah. also give myself a chance because, you know, in the beginning, like a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm going to drink and I'm going to whatever. And they kind of fall into that. But I mean, once you get into that pattern, you know, alcohol is a depressant, right? So mm-hmm. if you keep doing that and then everyone's at home and they're eating poorly potentially, and you know, you just, you kind of get into like a bad pattern of like setting yourself up for failure. You know, mm-hmm. you're not feeling good. You're not exercising. You're not getting any vitamin D because you're not outside. You know, all of these things contribute to happiness. So when you take mm-hmm. all of those away, it's just it can be pretty grim for people. Yeah, definitely try and I think there's things that I do that will definitely lift my mood when I'm feeling down and that's like going out, going for a walk, exercising, and being able to know that those things improve your mood um, is really helpful. So one of the things that I had learned when I was kind of experiencing uh, depression was really being able to put a gauge on how, how you're feeling in the moment. And there's different tools out there that can actually help you with doing that. Um, have you heard of Kelty's Keys? What is that? Kelty's Keys. It's like a test No. Um, that you can take online. And I was actually recommended this by, by a doctor. And I just thought I'd kind of bring it up because it's like a cognitive behavioral therapy um, uh, treatment that you can kind of do online. And, you know, if you're feeling kind of down and stuff, it's like a little test you can do that asks you a couple basic questions about how you're feeling. Um, and it's a pretty fairly simple test to do. Like it's, it's not complex at all, but it really does help you to kind of um, frame your mind as to, okay, um, how am I actually feeling? And um, like, what are the things that I feel like are causing um, some of the feelings that I'm feeling currently? And how can I go about changing that? So the behavioral part of things is, it takes a lot more work than just taking a test um, because it's basically, you're trying to train yourself to um, initiate in some behaviors that perhaps will lift up your mood. And so, like knowing what those things are, like going outside, exercising, and you know, imp- improving blood flow, improving like circulation. Um, a lot of that stuff really helps for me. Um, and yeah, being shut in at home sometimes, like I don't think I have it that bad. It's you know, I'm here with my partner, um, and we just do groceries, we stay home. But some people are in like situ- living situations that they cannot tolerate, right? And they're being kind of like. I knew a girl who was, uh, she was, she had roommates and she had to work at Starbucks to be able to pay rent. And her roommates were like, no, we don't want you working at Starbucks because, you know, you're in contact with a lot of people and that endangers us. So I think we want you out of, out of this apartment. So then she's like, where am I supposed to go? Like, uh, I can't find another place. And then other people as well have like, you know, kids at home and they're having to play the role of a teacher. So when you're talking about like, I guess, finding identity, it's like, 
you, you're almost kind of forced in that situation to um, take the identity of a teacher and be that person to, uh, you know, to help your kid kind of deal with having to transition over to a remote learning experience. And this is like a kid who's in senior kindergarten trying to get into grade one. And um, they have to do these tests in the States to, to see if they can get into grade one. Like, um, yeah, they do like standardized tests. So uh, it's kind of difficult because he's having to kind of juggle that and like his own work um, stress as well. So there's a lot going on. And um, any way you can kind of find to alleviate stress, uh, I think, without being destructive, <laughs> I think is, we want to kind of talk about those and share those with each other. I think it would be hugely beneficial if we can do that. Um, not to mention like the eating habits stuff, because I definitely have been, you know, leaning towards making just like instant noodles every now and then just because, you know, tired and you you feel drained at the end of the day because you're just kind of, you've been at home the whole time. You don't have those signals that you normally do for, oh, I'm going to work and I'm coming back from work. Like those are gone now. And you're just kind of in this perpetual state of, being at home and some people are like they lose a sense of time passing because you know they like I was talking to a friend and they're like I don't know how many months it's been <laughs> like since this all started because I've just been stuck at home this whole time and just everything just blends together and I definitely feel the same way yeah I mean no sense of routine or normalcy like I know a lot of people I've talked to have been feeling a lot of pressure in their personal relationships, especially, well, of course, the people they live with and with mm -hmm. their children as well. Like you mentioned, like, you know, a lot for a lot of people, school is a babysitter. So yeah. when you take that away and then, you know, everybody needs alone time at some time. And mm -hmm. when you have none, it just really starts to wear you down and you just feel so exasperated. Like you just want to have a minute to yourself. But unfortunately, this whole situation is forced people to be around each other constantly and there's been plus sides to that like of course with like people getting new hobbies and bringing families closer but that's not always been the experience with some of the people I've talked to you know some people are breaking up over this and mm -hmm. um you know there's just been a lot of stress but but yeah I think definitely like if you uh cope like I've been reading this book it's called uh, Awaken the Giant Within by Anthony Robbins and mm -hmm. uh he talks a lot about how to change your mindset, like from unhappy to happy. And mm -hmm. a lot of what he talks about is, yeah, setting yourself up for success, whether it's, you know, working out, um, you know, as soon as you wake up in the day, maybe, you know, doing like some sort of mantras or gratitude things just to kind of set your mind off into like a positive uh, trajectory for the day. You know, like he says, like, wake up and think of like you know who loves me and then go through a list of the people that love you and what am I grateful for what am I excited about in my life and that way you just kind of get your mind thinking in a more positive way he says that you should eliminate certain words or try to get rid of things like saying like depressed and those really intense words because he says that they actually have a biochemical reaction in your body like when you mm -hmm. say depressed you actually kind of take on that feeling 
yeah. and hate and things like that. Like it really triggers something in you. So he says like use words to kind of diffuse that. Like, you know, I'm a little peeved or, you mm-hmm. know, I'm ticked off just to try to like take away that intense emotion because the more you say those words, the more you kind of draw that energy into yourself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting stuff and it's definitely changed the way that I've, I've been thinking and I've been trying to do a lot of what he's saying and I've definitely yeah. felt a lot happier than I have considering the circumstances. But yeah. again, I also do still have my routine of going yeah. to work. And I think that has a lot to do with it because people close to me who don't have that routine, I've watched them really struggle. So I do yeah. feel lucky in that way. You kind of fall apart, right? And it's hard to watch. And I've experienced it as well, where for a long, for a period of time, I was kind of like unemployed and didn't really know what was up next. And even at a time when I was, I was employed, I was just like, okay, I don't know if I can provide enough income and I don't know if I can like support, like, uh, can I pay for rent? And all these questions are popping in your mind and you end up going down this like spiral of um, negative thinking. And um, it really kind of shuts you into this corner. And uh, I, you know, I've done a lot of kind of note taking and journaling um, to kind of try and put words and put drawings to some of what I was feeling at the time when I was experiencing it. And that really kind of helped me to at least just put it down on paper and really kind of digest it and come to terms with it. And, you know, lucky enough to have pretty good support network and like close friends and family members to help me through some of those times. Um, Because I think that is also very important to have people who you can talk to and who can just kind of listen to you rant about random things like this, right? Like um, it it goes a long way to helping you to uh, kind of recover from that sort of state. And, you know, when we're paying attention to the news and all, everything that's going on, I think it's very easy for us to get trapped into uh, those uh, like mindsets and that way of thinking is okay. Like look at all, everything that's going wrong with the world and how, you know, um, nothing is going right. And you know, like you end up internalizing a lot of those feelings and it can make, get you in a pretty bad state, I think. Yeah, um, for sure. And, and people are, definitely feeling a lot of anger I know in this time like mm-hmm. the frustration I know people are looking to kind of place blame about this and that kind of ties into something else I was hoping we could touch on was the yeah. kind of the racism surrounding COVID as well and and the displaced anger um you know I've been reading the news and stuff and there's been a lot of you know uh, racism towards our Asian community now mm-hmm. um because people are frustrated and angry and they just want to take it out on somebody and, or maybe they were already racist before and this just allowed them to kind of show their true colors. But I just wanted to uh, ask you if you had heard of any of that or if you knew anyone that experienced anything like that. Yeah. Well, Julia kind of, you know, pays attention to the news a lot more closely in that regard. So, you know, she was like, Oh, someone got beaten up in New York. Someone got like brutally like, um, I think their like face was cut up in Montreal or something like that. And, you know, I'm not aware of like the, the specific circumstances of those incidences, but, you know, it, it brings a question like a larger, um, I guess, like discussion item is, you know, this question of like 
Just racism in general, I think, is something that, you know, we've kind of let slip by. And it's very hard to kind of uh, put, a, put a finger on it. And like, uh, you know, you don't, it's very hard to kind of cast blame on someone for being racist. Like, um, and what we're seeing now with kind of like the Black Lives Matter um, movement um, coming back. And well, it's never really like, disappeared uh, to begin with. Like it was always an issue and it's just kind of coming back to light because of what happened with George Floyd. And so like, I mean, these incidents, incidences will keep occurring and as sad as it is, like it, it's the mindset of the people who are racist and as hard as you can try and work to, you know, to fix it, like it has to be from an institutional standpoint and it has to, like everyone has to be on board with it. So I think that it, you know, goes a long way when we can support these types of protests and we can kind of support the ideology and uh, like racism just shouldn't ex exist, uh, like straight up front, like there's no um, when I was growing up, I was lucky enough to, like in downtown Toronto, everyone is different. And, you know, growing up in schools like that, everyone comes from a different place. And there was really no racism that I encountered as, like, to the best of my recollection, I can't remember a single instance in school where I was kind of bullied for being a different race, because that would just have been ludicrous um, to us being in school because everyone was from somewhere else and the minorities were not minorities. And um, we were just kind of taught by the teachers that we had to really treat everyone equally. And um, so like, it's hard for me to kind of understand a mindset where it's been institutionalized and uh, to the point where, you know, systematic, uh, you know, incarcerations, systematic beatings, deaths uh, are coming into play. And that to me is just, uh, yeah, just ridiculous. And I think that um, we should really just go out there and support um, the Black Lives Matter movement. I think that there's so much that I want to say about it. And it just angers me when I see things like that. And that's also part of what led me to kind of talking about like this whole doom scrolling thing is just kind of looking at everything in the news and the attitudes that some people bring into those conversations and the comments that you read are really just like, they just kind of sh shine a light on how ignorant some people are. Uh, whether it's about like Asians, you know, have, bringing COVID to this country or whether it's about, you know, well, why are these people protesting? Why, what do they have to be angry about? these are just riots like that type of sentiment I, I just can't get on board with and i can't understand so yeah i mean i think a lot of the people i would say probably the most of the people that are are saying these ignorant comments are most people because of course they don't experience the same things so it's completely out of their realm of understanding you know the white privilege it's you know, I saw a quote when I was actually, when I attended one of the protests, uh, and it said like, you know, white privilege means that you get the the um, privilege of learning about racism instead of experience it, experiencing it. And I thought that was really true because I, 
I honestly, I can say that I, I didn't realize how bad it was because I knew there was racism. And I know that there's always going to be small amounts here and there. I, it's not something I registers with me because I was not, I didn't grow up like that. My mom's super accepting mm-hmm. and it was just never like, you just don't, you don't judge people on, on skin color or on anything for that matter. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's kind of um, shocking to me when I hear all this, but I yeah. think that's more to do with the fact that, you know, there's so many bad things happening in the world that when you do hear about deaths of people, I'm, I like, I almost let myself get desensitized because yeah. there was just so much bad being put out there on the media that I didn't really like chalk it up to one race or what. I just thought, you know, Oh my God, the world is just, you know, it's a scary place and like mm-hmm. bad things are happening all across the globe. But when you really start to look at the connections and the patterns of, you know, people, cops killing you know black people or the incarcerations of people Mm -hmm. of color it's it's yeah it's systematic it's the system is designed um yeah to keep to keep people down unfortunately and it's been made by you know unfortunately people from the past that you know outdated laws or outdated ways of thinking so definitely you know the world i'm just happy that the world is kind of coming together on this and the protests Mm -hmm. are happening and you know, when I when I attended the the protest, there was like five to ten thousand people there, I think, yeah. and you know it was packed and it was really really powerful to to listen to the stories of the speakers and hear their experience and you know people there was a girl as young as fifteen years old there and she was kind of telling her story about how people at school were making fun of her and it was just like devastating to think that anybody ever has to go through that and uh, I felt I did definitely feel some shame just being white and being associated with white people because I just felt like how could how could they do that how could people do this and yeah it was was a weird moment but I also was happy that I went and I was happy to support that because it's not enough to just not be racist anymore you need Mm -hmm. to be vocal you need to you know sign the petitions go to the protests do everything within your power Mm -hmm. donate if you can afford it um and just you know voice your voice your opinion on it because we need everybody to stand together on this and don't stay silent about it i think that it's you know sometimes it's a difficult subject to talk about especially if you're coming from a place of privilege like you know who are we to kind of comment on this because neither of us are black but exactly at the same time um you know we have a voice and we deserve or you know we want to be able to talk about it openly and we want to be able to support um you know, these protests and the pain that these people are feeling is real and visceral. And I think that anything we can do to help would would go a long way. And, you know, I, I listened to a few other podcasts as well. And uh, there's one that's like four white guys in San Francisco talking about stuff. And they brought that, you know, they were talking about it openly and um, really had something good to say about it. And, you know, uh, really don't stand for any sort of intolerance um, and want to kind of support in ways that they can in terms of like, oh, we're going to try and look for, you know, other guests and more diversity in, in the things that we do in, in, in the gaming industry because that's what they do. So I think that, and they also kind of mentioned that, you know, they were out at a, at a at a protest and they they were clapping and in support of it while they saw other people who were just kind of like had their arms crossed and didn't even have 
have enough in them to kind of like clap along or like, you know, chant along with it. So, um, and they got kind of like uh, mad at that. But I think that, you know, everyone has their own way of supporting. So whatever we can do to help, I think that we really want to kind of call attention to this cause and that the fact that, you know, um, it deserves to, you know, we deserve to be able to educate ourselves on this stuff. And um, yeah, for all the right reasons, really kind of support Black Lives Matters. So, I mean, that being said, I'd like to call attention to like blacklivesmatters.card.co, I think is it's where you can go to find a lot of information about like what is uh, going on if you're not already aware. Um, and, you know, more resources to educate yourself on that, how you can donate, you know, uh, who, what types of petitions you should you can sign and um, you know just kind of what is going on with every everything that's happening in like America and also you know North America and across the world as well. Excellent. Maybe we should uh, include that link maybe in the in the bio or something for this podcast so people yeah, have access yeah. to that. Make it nice mm -hmm. and easy. Uh, and definitely just keep the conversation going. I think that's the most important. Um, you know, I may not think extensively about this issue, but at least we are talking about it. We're getting people more comfortable with talking about racism because I know a lot of people kind of clam up when it comes to this and they don't yeah. want to talk about it. But I think it's super important to start educating family members, you know, speaking up when you hear someone say something that doesn't, you know, doesn't match with your values, you know, like yeah. that family member that says the, the odd racist comment, you know, maybe don't let that slide. Maybe mm -hmm. educate that person. That's not okay because that is allowing for worse, you know, the minimalist behavior allows for the extremist behavior. So you just got to cut it off altogether. Yeah. I like so. that. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I don't know if there's, is there anything else you'd like to kind of cover off? I think that we just wanted to take this time to kind of catch up with each other. I think it's been a long time since we've actually sat down for a recording. I'm glad that you kind of held me accountable for kind of trying, you know, doing this as well, because I've kind of fallen off, been like, oh, COVID is happening. I yes, so much stuff going on, just like so overwhelmed with everything, but I'm glad that, you know, you're keeping us on track and keeping the conversation going because I think that's important. Yes, of course. I mean, there's so many things to talk about and to touch on. And yeah. I just want to make sure that we use this platform to be positive and keep having those hard conversations, uh, whether it's, yeah, about race or lifestyle or, mm -hmm. you know, mental health. Um, you know, there's just, there's a lot going on. And I think the more open everyone is with each other, then the more we can kind of work through all these issues. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm, other than that, I've just been, you know, I started a, a YouTube channel. Did you? <laughs> I did. It was, well, actually it was right when COVID hit because yeah. I was like, oh my God, I, wow. I need to, I need to do something. I need to like get this energy out and kind of, um, you know, express myself so i started one it's called k essentials and okay. it's basically just me sharing you know my my cooking skills i'm doing all vegan recipes on there uh mm -hmm. again i want to promote a healthy lifestyle uh 
and I'm doing just kind of like hobbies and things from my point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, I need to upload. I'm not like a master editor by any means, but but it's definitely been a, a positive and fun thing to do since I've been at home so much. That's great. Like I want to check it out and I want to hear more more about it. I think that's, uh, yeah, it's really great that you're kind of pushing forward with it and uh, creating. I think that both of us have a pretty creative spirit in general and trying to like get things rolling and get things, uh, you know, published and up. So I think it, it's awesome. It's like right in line with uh, your persona, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so cool. Like the vegan recipes, definitely. I can see a lot of um, viewers wanting to check that out. So. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a little crossover episode. Maybe get Anthony back. Yeah, and so make some I guess vegan like, foods. Yeah, and I want to like the podcast going forward. I think is, you know, this was a, a nice like conversation and catch up call, and really do want to get like more people on board and chat with them, hear their perspectives on um, not just veganism, vegetarianism, but like different diets in general, different like nutrition habits different workout habits and uh like how are you do, like what are you doing to stay fit how like or have you been keeping with staying fit because i know at the very beginning of covid i was just like all right i'm gonna work out at home i got like these zoom calls ready they're set in my calendar <laughs> like join in i did one of them i got so tired like halfway through i couldn't finish it and i was just like i haven't checked back on that call since so i think I've definitely fallen off on that front and I've told Anthony this and uh, he's just like, yeah, you just gotta like take it slow, like do one thing at a time. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I should just, you know, just stick with one thing. Don't try to do too much and, uh, you know, try and improve from there because, yeah. Yeah, no, I've, I, I, like I said, I'm, I started running to work. So, I mean, that alone has been really mm-hmm. good and I've, and I think our last podcast, I kind of, I was in more of a relaxed fitness state at that point because I had had such a extreme relationship in the past with fitness that I was kind of just like, okay, balance, kind of reel back a bit, stay healthy, but don't overdo it. And then now that I'm doing the running, it's just been amazing, actually. Like, one, I'm staying in shape, but two, it's also just like really put me on like a positive um, mindset, just, you know, that structure in the morning you know I wake up at like 4 30 in the morning and mm-hmm. then I do like a fasted run and then I do yoga and then I have my breakfast at work and that's been kind of my routine every day and it's just been it gives me so much energy like you said when you're home all day and you don't move around you actually end up feeling a lot more tired funny enough mm-hmm. than when you're doing exercise it actually really gives you a lot of energy so yeah, it's really re-energized me and, and given me uh, some structure back in the fitness uh, aspect. And yeah, I'm loving it right now. So trying to keep That's that awesome. up. Yeah, right before, I think when we were still at the office, there were a couple of us who were going for lunchtime runs. And that was awesome because like, you could do like an 8K around the lagoon at Stanley Park and then come back and like, we're all sweaty, but it's okay because uh, we got our workout in. And now, you know, since that, the sun run was canceled and that's what we were kind of like training towards was doing like uh i think it's 10k or something like that um but so basically it's just yeah wanted to 
get back into the habit of either running or just taking the bike out because I haven't been doing that. So, or just going down to the tennis courts because they've opened up again. So, um, yeah, that might be a, a bit of fun, like a little fun exercise to do. So, yeah, definitely. Really looking forward to that stuff. And um, yeah, so I guess we can wrap this one up. And yeah, it's been it's been good. Crunches and crunches. I'm Bruce. This is Kirsten. I'm Kirsten. <laughs>